Pastor Xavier Reese and the net result of remorse over repentance. The intensity of the locust blocked out the sun. The appetite of the locust to devour, so there remained nothing green on the trees throughout all the land. The Pharaoh was desperate to obtain some relief from the locusts. And this is the problem with the natural man and sinners. We're mainly concerned with the consequences and not the sin that's against God. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Some might describe a recurring frustrating incident by saying, that's bumping one's head on the same old rock. But for Egypt's pharaoh, his experience was that and a whole lot more when you factor in the ten plagues of judgment administered one after the other as a result of his rebellion towards God, Moses, and the Israelites. Pastor Xavier delivers a simple truth study today of the consequences of not heeding the commands of God, drawn from Exodus chapters 10 and 11. The message is entitled, The High Price of Rebellion. God has poured out seven plagues on Egypt. The river Nile has been turned to blood. You have the plague of frogs, lice, flies, the disease of the animals, the plague of boils, and hail. And God even separated the Hebrew camp protecting them to demonstrate that it was no coincidence to further move upon the heart of Pharaoh and the Egyptians that they might repent the remaining three plagues that we're going to focus on in our studies would bring Egypt to greater destruction. The tenth and final one would crush Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Let me read our text here and we'll break it down. Chapter 10. Now the Lord said to Moses, go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart in the hearts of his servants that I may show these signs of mine before him, and that you may tell in the hearing of your sons and your sons' sons the mighty things that I have done in Egypt, and my signs which I have done among them, that you may know that I am the Lord. And Moses and Aaron came into Pharaoh, and they said to him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourselves before me? Let my people go." that they may serve me. Or else, if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territories. And they shall cover the face of the earth so that no one will be able to see the earth. And they shall eat the residue of what is left, uh, which remain to you from the hill. And they shall eat every tree which grows out for you out of the field. They shall fill your houses, the house of your servants, and the house of all the Egyptians, which neither your fathers nor your fathers' fathers have seen since that day, that they were on the earth to this day. And he turned and went out from Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh's servants said to him, How long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Uh, do you not yet know that Egypt is destroyed? And so Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go serve the Lord your God, who are, who are the ones that are going. And Moses said, We will go with our young and old, our sons and daughters, with our flocks and herds. We will go, for we must hold a feast of the Lord. And then he said to them, The Lord had better be with you when I let you go, and your little ones beware, for evil is ahead of you. Not so. Go now. You who are men... Serve the Lord, for that is what you desire. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. 
And then the Lord said to Pharaoh, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts, that they may come upon the land of Egypt, and eat every herb of the land that the hail has left. And so Moses stretched out his hand over the land of Egypt, and the Lord brought the east wind in the land uh, that day and all that night. When it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. And the locusts went up over all the land of Egypt and rested on all the territory of Egypt. They were very severe. Previously, there had been no such locusts as they, nor shall there be such after them. For they covered the face of the whole earth so that the land was darkened. And they ate every herb of the land and all the fruit of the trees which the hill had left, so that remaining nothing green on the trees or the plants of the fields throughout the land of Egypt. And then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now therefore, please forgive my sin only this once and entreat the Lord your God that he may take away from me this death only. And so he went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord. And the Lord turned a very strong west wind, which took the locusts away and blew into it and blew them into the Red Sea. There remained not one locust in all the territory of Egypt, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go. And then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand towards the heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, darkness which may even be felt. And so Moses stretched out his hand towards heaven, and there was a, a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from the place for three days, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwelling. And then Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go serve the Lord, only let your flocks and your herds be kept back. Let your little ones also go with you. But Moses said, you must also give a sacrifice and burn offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Our livestock also shall go with us. Not a hoof shall be left behind, for we must take some of them to serve the Lord our God. And even we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let them go. And then Pharaoh said to him, Get away from me. Take heed to yourself. And see my face no more, for in the day that you see my face, you shall die. And so Moses said, you have spoken well. I will never see your face again. And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. Speak now to the hearing of the people, and let every man ask of his neighbor and every woman for her neighbor articles of silver and articles of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land, in the sight of the Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. And then Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, about midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sits on the throne, even to the firstborn of the males of the servants and behind uh, the handmill, and all the firstborn of the animals. And then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that you may know that the Lord does not or does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these, your servants, shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get out, and all the people who follow you, 
After that, I will go out. Then he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. But the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not heed you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. And so Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go out of his land. The remaining three plagues is our focus. The first is the eighth plague of locusts, chapter 10, verse 1 through 20. Second, the ninth plague of darkness, chapter 10, verse 21 through 29. And the tenth and last is the death of the firstborn, chapter 11, 1 through 10. Let's begin here, the eighth plague of locusts. Verse 1 through 7, notice the commission of Moses to go to Pharaoh. It says, now the Lord Yahweh said to Moses, go into Pharaoh. This is the key to effective life and ministry. That we follow where the Lord leads and tells us, not men or churches or systems or movements. The prophet Moses was reminded that Yahweh was in control. Notice he had strengthened the Egyptians in their rebellion. He says, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his servants. This is the second time God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Honoring his decision. God is not making him not believe, but he is honoring that he does not want to believe. The first time God hardened Pharaoh's heart was a word shazag, the sixth plague of boils. He made his heart firm, strong, honoring his decision. God never violates your will. That's an amazing thing to me. He gave Moses a reason for hardening his heart in verse 1 there, that I may show these signs of mine before him. So God uses the rebellious of man. The scripture says that God glorifies himself through the wrath of man. He doesn't make men evil, but he takes the evil to glorify himself. You understand? Look at verse 2. The prophet Moses was told the reason, which is twofold here, that the nation of Israel submit or transmit the historical event, their miraculous redemption. This is very important. That they tell in the bringing of their sons, their sons' sons, the mighty things that he had done in Egypt, his signs among them. There's always a failure of Christians to pass on their conversion experience to their children. All of a sudden, we put it in cruise control, and we just play church, and we forget about the importance and the danger of the world and sin. And our children grow up almost in an artificial environment if we're not careful. And we no longer warn them. We just think that it's going to happen normal and natural. And it's very, very dangerous. Notice, secondly, that the nation of Israel understand he was the covenant God. That you may know that I am the Lord Yahweh. So not only did the Egyptians, but that the Hebrews who had been in bondage. And now he is delivering them that he is the one. He's the power. He's the one. So it's on both ends. Notice in verse 3, the message of Yahweh. Delivered to Pharaoh was one of reproof for his arrogant pride. Listen to him. So Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh, and they said, Thus saith the Lord Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews. How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? This is the third time Pharaoh is reminded that Yahweh is the God of the Hebrews. But it's the fourth time it appears. He keeps telling them, I'm their God. They're my people. Israel's my firstborn. But notice also, not only for his arrogant pride, which is always the problem, but for refusing to free the people. Let my people go, that they may serve me. The message has not changed. 
But the problem is the heart. This is the problem with Pharaoh. Look at 4 and 5. The message of Yahweh gave Pharaoh an ultimatum, a plague of locusts. Reading that, you would think that the decision would be easy. Well, I'll, I'll obey. But when you're in pride and in sin and in constant rebellion, think the decisions are not as clear. You're, 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 you're almost pushed to the end of destruction. You understand? One step at a time. The authority is Yahweh, or else if you refuse to let my people go. There's that big if. There's an ultimatum. The declaration is certain. Listen. Behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territories. Joel the prophet speaks of the locusts' judgment. The book of Revelation, Joel 1 2, Revelation 9. The locusts that come out of the bottomless pit, the abuso, during the great tribulation. Judgment. Notice the message of Yahweh in verse 5 describes the event of the destruction to the land. The number would be astonishing, they would cover the face of the earth. So that no one will be able to see the earth. This is not hyperbole. A form of embellishing when you write. No. This is literal. We know events in our day and in past history where this takes place. The sun is blotted out by locusts. But this is a miraculous event because the way God brings them in. Not the time at his command. Their destruction would be devastating. They would eat the residue that was left remaining from the hail. The trees. Every tree that grew up in the field, everything. And we know locusts, they, they eat the root, they, everything. Their ability to wipe out is clearly stated not only in our history and, and in animals, but also through the scriptures. Amos 4, 9, Nahum 3, 15, and 16. I already mentioned Joel. Look at verse 6. The message of Yahweh declares the extent of discomfort to the people. God is telling them, trying to bring the details that he might consider and repent. He's not trying to rub his nose in it. He's warning him. And all the residents of the Egyptians they would be. They shall fill your houses, the house of your servants, the house of the Egyptians. Consider well, king. In historical uniqueness, he says, which neither your fathers nor your father's fathers have seen since that day that they were on the earth to this day. But also notice in having delivered the message that Moses dismisses himself. And he turned and went out from Pharaoh. Because once you've delivered the message of God and there's no response, it's time to leave. You understand? I'm not going to argue. It's time to leave. Look at 7. The message of Yahweh caused the servants of Pharaoh to plead with him to listen. Somebody's listening. Pharaoh's real hard, but remember, God has more than Pharaoh in view. We know that a mixed multitude we'll get to later on went out from Egypt, right? Look at seven there. They had had enough of Moses. Then Pharaoh's servants said to him, How long shall this man be a snare to us? <laughs> they told him to release the people. Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord Yahweh their God. They were actually reproving Pharaoh. Do you not yet know that Egypt is destroyed? Have you gone out of your castle? Have you looked out the window? <laughs> The summon of Moses and Aaron by Pharaoh then comes in verse 8 through 11. In verse 8, the compromise of Pharaoh was presented, and that's always the case. Listen to me. Egypt is always a type of the world. Pharaoh is a type of Satan, always looking for a compromise. Let's work out a deal. 
Let's not be so extreme. The proclamation in verse 8. So Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh. And he said to them, go serve the Lord your God, Yahweh. The refusal of Moses to compromise is very evident right away. He doesn't even hesitate. The confident declaration. And Moses said, we will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herds. We will go. The confident commitment was, for we must hold a feast of the Lord Yahweh. There's no compromise. There's, there's no choice here. The arrogant warning of Pharaoh comes next. He's incensed in verse 10 and 11. In 10, he attempted to intimidate Moses. That's what power does. You understand? Talk a little louder. They get a little better. This is Pharaoh here. Listen to him. The Lord Yahweh had better be with you when I let you go in your little ones. You can almost see his right in his face and gnashing in his teeth. As if he's in control. He attempted to threaten Moses. Beware, for evil is ahead of you. As if he is more po- What evidence does he have that he's more powerful than Yahweh? <laughs> it's seven to zero so far. And then he attempted to defy Yahweh again. Not so. Go now, you who are men, and serve the Lord Yahweh, for that is what you desire. He attempted to present himself as the one in authority and control. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. This is the ultimate. Get out of here. Wow. And so the execution of the plague by Moses comes in verse 12 through 15. And 12, the command from Yahweh come, came to Moses. The manner Yahweh used was as other times. The Lord Yahweh said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt with a locust, symbolic Judgment coming from heaven. The purpose of Yahweh was to bring further judgment. Listen to him. That there may come upon the land of Egypt and eat every herb of the land, all that the hail has left. This is judgment on top of judgment. You understand? God could have done this all at one time. He did it in two parts. What's he looking for? He's looking for repentance. The method of Yahweh to bring in the locust estate at verse 13. Moses was... The mere instrument, so Moses stretched out his rod over the land of Egypt, as I said symbolically, and Yahweh was the one executing the judgment. So we have to make sure we distinguish between the instrument and God who does the work. Verse 13, there at the end, the Lord Yahweh brought the east wind on the land all the day, all night. When it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. Moses couldn't do this. It was God doing it. Moses was just saying that God was going to do it. Once again, this is a miraculous act of judgment, not a natural phenomenon. The confirmation of the prediction is stated in verse 14. The land of Egypt was completely affected, and the locusts went up over all the land of Egypt and rested on all the territory of Egypt. You ever think about the Old Testament? What, I mean, it's so, some people say it's boring. It's so redundant. He's not trying to bore you. He is just hitting you from every angle so you understand what he said and that you know that he said it and that he did it. You understand? This is no coincidence. This is history and making. Lessons for you, for me. The uniqueness, past and present, in view of Egypt's history is given. They were very severe in verse 14. Previously there had been no such locusts as they, nor shall there be such after them. Interesting that uh, when push comes to shove and everything is done, Egypt was to never rise again as a world empire. It never has. To the present one of the poorest nations in the world. Can never get on his feet. Interesting. Now notice the complete devastation of the state in verse 15. 
The intensity of the locust blocked out the sun there. The appetite of the locust to devour what remained of the hill. Every herb, in verse 15, all the fruit trees that the hill had left. The fulfillment of the locust is confirmed. So there remained nothing green on the trees or on the plant of the field throughout all the land of Egypt. Very detailed. The summons of Moses and Aaron by Pharaoh is given again then, 16 through 20. This is a cycle that goes on with people of hard hearts. There's a warning. They get arrogant. Things happen. They say, help me. Minister. They get on their feet. They go their way. You warn them. They get in trouble. Here we come again. How long can a person do that? I have no idea. But it's not good. The Pharaoh was desperate to obtain some relief from the locusts. The Pharaoh was besides himself. Then Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron in haste. Mark that well. He's freaking out at this point. The Pharaoh's confession once again was insincere. Notice. And only remorseful, not repentant. And said, I have sinned against the Lord, Yahweh your God, and against you. But this is the first time he has declared he has sinned. He has sinned all along. He's looking just to what's happening now. He's ignoring the past, let alone the future. He first asked Moses for forgiveness. Now, therefore, please forgive my sin only this once. Entreat the Lord Yahweh your God, that he may take away from me this death only. So he was only concerned with the immediate consequences. And this is the problem with the natural man and sinners. It seems that we just ignore the warnings of God and think that we're exception to the rule. And then when we get in trouble, we're mainly concerned with the consequences and not the sin that's against God. The gracious response of Moses comes in 18 through 20. In 18, Moses made intercession knowing Pharaoh's deceptiveness. So he went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord Yahweh. Moses is no fool. He understands. And in verse 19, Yahweh intervened to give Pharaoh another opportunity to repent. He miraculously used the wind in the opposite direction, turning a very strong west wind. He took the locusts away and blew them into the Red Sea. He left not one locust. Is that incredible? There remained not one locust in all the territory, not one frog, not one fly. Remember? Uh, quite a cleanup job. <laughs> Why the little details? Because this is God. This is a judgment. These are miraculous works that's going on here. And so in verse 20, Yahweh again respected the will of Pharaoh. But the Lord Yahweh hardened Pharaoh's heart and he did not let the children of Israel go. This is the third time God hardened Shazak, made strong, rigid, the heart of Pharaoh. Because of his continuous rejection, God says, I honor it, I respect it, I'll let you decide like that. Let me strengthen you in that. Ooh, dangerous. A preacher was once asked to explain the doctrine of election. He said, brethren, it is this way. The Lord is always voting for a man. And the devil is always voting against the man. Then the man himself votes and he breaks the tie. Real simple. You get to decide. You make me feel uncomfortable. It's okay. 
The Bible is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. Pastor Xavier Reese, providing an apt illustration for the choice God lays at our feet. We are either for Him or against Him. And there's much more of this message to come next time. But if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, as always, you can pick up a copy. And the title you want to ask for is simply The High Price of Rebellion. It's available on CD for just $4. And this might be a study you'd like to pass on to someone in your church or Bible study when you're through. Now, once again, the title to ask for is The High Price of Rebellion. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 